Go ahead. All right. What up, what up? What's good? Back at it again with a new episode of the We Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 63. Uh, we're coming off a weekend of a big event, you know. Um, usually when you look at uh, Jake Paul um, fights, they're usually a big attraction. Big events. Um, they they attract a lot of audi- a big audience, matter of fact. If, if it's not casual, even a diehard boxing fan like myself. Tune, will tune in, not necessarily just to watch him, but they're actually putting on a good card for for the diehard, for the diehard fan and the um, and the casual fan. So it's kind of a good mixture of both um, in this event. So with that being said, we're gonna talk Jake Paul. Obviously, that was the main event, the big attraction over the weekend, the main talking point of this podcast. That's pretty much what it would be. And we're gonna get into a little bit of Cowboys since um, the uh, the NFL football season is about to kick off onto the regular season. The preseason is over. We're getting on to the move. We're moving on to the regular season, and we're gonna speak a little bit about that. Um, and we're also gonna try a little something different. Um, we're trying to incorporate a new segment into the into the podcast. A little. Just to get a little, um, give you a little more content in what we have in our arsenal as far as different sports uh, knowledge and not going into a big deep dive, but at least uh, to give you some, some some sort of an idea of uh, what we have and what we're, uh, where our knowledge is when it comes to these different uh, areas of different sports um, we'll give you a little, little glimpse. It's still brand new. We're still trying to, and we're barely going to start incorporating it, and um, we'll start uh, today actually. So, but that being said, let's start with our first topic of the day. Let's we'll get right into it: the Tyron Woodley Jake Paul fight. But before we get into the main event, let's get into the co-main event first, because when I was watching this fight, which was Amanda Serrano against Yamileth Mercado. Uh, Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Mm. I thought to myself, this is very, this is a good thing as far as like incorporating the feminine, the female boxing aspect of um, into a, such a big event. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley, like I said, just explain all the eyeballs that were locked in into this event. Got to see one of the best boxers in the sport of boxing in the female side. Amanda Serrano, Puerto Rican. Um, I don't think this has ever been. I'm not gonna say it's ever been, but this is one of the things that um, even Clarissa Shields, the GWOT, had been had been asking for for a long time, which has led to her transition into getting into the MMA uh, side of combat sports. Was the the lack of exposure in the female division in the female side of the boxing. Uh, the in the boxing. Uh, excuse me, into the female. Um, boxing side. The lack of respect, the lack of light that was being shined into the, into the feminine sport, or into the feminine side of the sport. Excuse me. And uh, it was actually a really good fight. Um, in my opinion, Amanda Serrano pitched a shutout, and um. It was actually a, a, a good fight. Yamilith Mercado was a, a a a lighter fighter. Actually, she actually went up in weight to fight uh, Amanda Serrano, and you can 
you can do nothing but salute Mercado for trying to be great mm-hmm. and challenge yourself and fight Amanda Serrano. I believe I heard on the broadcast saying that they asked her before in the pre-fight meetings if what happens if you lose. Like she's pretty much just said, "Well, if I lose, I'll just go back down and defend my title because she's a champion in her own weight class." I believe she fights at 122 pounds. Um, she just said, "I'll just go down and fight." And fight in my regular weight class. I mean, I do not get in, this. Doesn't add a blemish to my record or to my um, to my legacy because I mean I'm going up in weight. I'm clearly the underdog here. And for Amanda Serrano, I believe she got a lot of hype and a lot of uh, eyeballs on her, and a lot of um, what can how can I say this? She got a lot of uh, uh, attention. Because she was in the same, she was training, well, at least Jake Paul was training in the same uh, country as her. You know, yeah. she was training in Puerto Rico. They were they were together in camp. And so it, it was kind of like she was friends with Jake Paul. And a lot of people that were watching this fight were for Jake Paul. So they were like, oh, well, she's team Jake Paul. So we're team Amanda Serrano. Like, yeah. we stuck together. And unfortunately, it's kind of like not a good thing that that's what, Attracted people to her because I would think you would be attracted to her fighting style, to the way she puts on her a performance in the ring. But I mean, if that's what it would take to get eyeballs in feminine boxing, well, then I mean, guess I mean you got to take it for what it's worth. Yeah. And she ended up winning the fight by unanimous decision. I believe all no, it was yeah, unanimous decision. All the judges scored 90, 97, 93. Second judge, 98-92. Third judge, 99-91. All in favor of Amanda Serrano. But, you know, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but one thing that caught my attention when I was watching this fight is that I believe her brother is uh, her trainer. Or, yeah, I believe her brother's her trainer, which is crazy, is that when it came down to, like, this, what was it, like, the sixth round or whatever, uh, Mercado started getting a, a cut on her left eye. Her eye started to swell. She was taking a little bit more punishment. Fatigue started to set in. And her brother, I guess, was yelling at the opposite corner, right, at Mercado's corner, saying, stop the fight. Like, look at your fighter. You're, she's already cut. She's beaten. Why Why are you continuing to put her through this uh, uh, torture? And which is none of his business, first and foremost what the what the opposite corner is doing if they believe she can go out there and fight and she is willing to go out there and fight that's none of your business what they do and it was just constant uh obnoxiousness obnoxiousness from the serrano corner which is unfortunate that is her own brother you know yelling these things at the corner to the point where the uh, Mercado's corner were uh, fed up and they turned around. Actually, they actually turned around. First, it was like, all right, we're just going to ignore this guy because he's just talking crazy. But then after round after round, you can only take so much. So you turn around and they responded. And then after the end of the fight, when it was uh, the final uh, ring uh, had sounded, the brother gets back in the ring and starts yapping at the mouth, starts jumping. just continuing to bash the corner of of Mercado and even I would say disrespecting her in a way because you're disrespecting her corner. So 
obviously you're saying her performance is not good enough to where you're having to step in and t tell her own corner to stop the fight because she quote unquote is no longer uh in in any sort of condition to continue the fight uh -huh. but that's not your call to make that's their corner to make and it is it um it becomes this uh back and forth exchange between the trainers which is completely unprofessional you already won the fight there's no need for you yeah, to yeah. be going back and forth and even is there a way they could have uh, gotten uh disqualified just because of the corner uh actions no I, there's no disqualification well, because there was no altercation there was yeah, okay. no physical uh um blow they didn't come to blows they didn't do any of that but that was just completely unprofessional it looked bad for amanda serrano at one point when uh ariel hawani was in there um doing the post-fight interview the brother was in the background which is hard for you not to notice him continuously yelling at their at their corner as they were leaving because he was waving by like he was telling them in the most obnoxious way like pretty much saying get out we'll see y'all 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 don't even belong in the ring get out of here um waving by at them yelling by at them which is just sounded completely ridiculous to the point where Amanda Serrano turned around and said, "Hey, shut, shut the hell up! Like, that's enough." You know what I mean? And and it was the and he was doing the most. So he was doing so much that Ariel Hawani was forced. In I mean, it was kind of um, obvious for you to ask him a question. You know, saying what is what is the whole uh, what's behind all this? You know what I mean? What's behind you uh, continuously yelling at the corner? Yeah. yeah. And I believe he said. Um, that they were gonna or they had supposedly said that they were gonna fight mexican style and and that he felt that when he felt when she felt serrano's power that she refused to fight mexican style and she started to run like run around the ring and i hate that term fight mexican style why do i hate it because it it puts you in a box like you when you say mexican style you're just fighting toe to toe like ridiculous blows no head movement no nothing just continuously fighting in a phone booth and just going at it and see who falls first which is a stupid way to fight in my opinion because this is a sport of boxing you're not just going to go out there and fight reckless you you're supposed to box so if you feel like you're hurt or you're getting tagged in a certain uh style why not change the style yeah. why not change the game plan in there and make adjustments i mean who said it's um who said it's unfair or who is Who's to say that you're not able to make adjustments in the ring? Now, if let's just for for whatever reason, in uh, let's just look at it uh, in in a different uh, perspective. Let's just say Mercado would have won, fighting the way, not the way that she said she was going to fight, but winning in a way, and um, that would shine her. That will put the light on her boxing IQ, meaning making adjustments in the ring, which is very hard to do. And let's just say she would have won. Would her brother continue or would he have made those accusations or uh, remarks saying she fought us? She did not fight us Mexican style. She was running the whole time. And well, if you're running the whole time, that means you your game plan didn't work. She used her game plan and I would. I'll box you, and now you're uh, salty at the fact that you lost. That's not her fault for 
having the correct game plan and the boxing IQ to making adjustments in the ring to favor her trying to get the upper hand on you. Mm-hmm. So how is that? Uh, how does that justify your actions? You know what I mean? Th- that's just unprofessional. Like I continue to say, completely unprofessional. And I believe that kind of overshadowed Serrano's performance her brother's actions in the ring so if that were the case when her next opponent is is he going to continue to be this kind of uh cornerman because those kind of cornermen in my opinion are not needed here in in the sport of boxing you need people that are respectful that respect the opponent because first of all they're in there putting their bodies on the line putting their bodies on the line and you're in there uh criticizing their heart to continue to fight I mean, if I can, if I'm getting my ass kicked and I'm bleeding and my eyes shutting, and I want to continue to fight, that's my decision. You know, it's not your decision to make. So, I say all that to say the 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 actions from the corner from Amanda Serrano were completely unprofessional, not needed, and hopefully, she as the fighter and I guess you can say like the boss of the of the camp. Um, and tell him, hey, you know what? This that's not needed. We're, we cannot allow ourselves to be con- to conduct ourselves in that way, in that manner, because we're professionals here. And that what you did there was completely unprofessional and unneeded. And hopefully that does not happen again, because that yeah. bothers me. You know what I mean? As a, yeah, as yeah. somebody watching this, and it's just like, fam, you're doing the most. Like, chill the hell out. Like, as a fan, especially that's this is this is probably the biggest moment of her career, given a uh, certain exposure. A check way different than her previous, I guess, fights. Yeah, imagine if they they're not invited to another uh, event just because of him. Yeah, because, so hopefully because of the situation that they bring. Yeah, and like I said, it's unnecessary. There's no need for that. But she still ends up with the victory. Amanda Serrano. Let's not take away from her performance. She did a, a, a amazing performance. So did Mercado. Her being the, the lighter fighter came in, lasted the whole fight, was not dropped once. She was rocked a couple of times, but, I mean, she held her own, and the champ could not put her down. She could not finish her. She beat her, but it shows you the heart of the Mexican warrior that Mercado was, I mean, that is, and will continue to be in her own weight class, but just Amanda Serrano was just that much better than her on that night, and hopefully... We get an uh, uh, a higher opponent that would actually challenge Amanda Serrano and f- put her through some adversity to say, you know what, it, it it was tough for us tonight, and and we worked for this victory. Not to say Mercado's victory wasn't earned, but I mean Mercado's uh, um, style and and uh, her as an opponent didn't cause problems for Serrano, but. I just felt like a higher opponent, a stronger opponent, a more um, a more a tougher opponent would probably be the best, even better out of Serrano. So hopefully we get something like that because I believe Ariel Hawane asked her about Katie Taylor, which Katie Taylor is arguably right now the best women uh, boxer in the game right now. And I believe they were supposed to fight before the pandemic hit. And now um, after the pandemic, post-pandemic, even though we're, "Quote unquote," still in the pandemic, but both both women are active. Amanda Serrano just fought. Katie Taylor fights this weekend, and what are what better than to make those two fight and unify? 
titles. You know what I mean? So then we'll see what the brother really does because you're across the ring from a beast. And I hope, um, you better hope that you are ready because I'm pretty sure Katie Taylor will be ready. And that would be a mega fight for, for those, um, for those two women and uh, the sport of women's boxing. Let's get to the main event, bro. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. A big, big, big fight, in my opinion. And uh, a lot of people don't uh, don't uh, take Jake Paul serious. You know what I mean? So that's why he took this fight, I believe. Some believe that he handpicked Tyron Woodley just because he hasn't won a fight in three years. He's... Um, a former MMA fighter, a big name, a power puncher, someone that he can add to his resume that would give him some sort of credibility within the boxing community. And I believe he honestly believes and believed past tense before the fight in hindsight, looking at it now, that he felt like he could beat Tyron Woodley. Because at the end of the day, this is a boxing match. This is not an MMA fight. This is not a um, a street fight. This is not. This is a boxing fight. And he believed that he had the ability, and has been through the through the through the wars in camp, through um, sparring, through everything that needs to get to be prepared for this fight. He believed he had the wherewithal to beat Tyron Woodley. And Tyron Woodley is. I mean, looking at it through Tyron Woodley's eyes. This young kid cannot beat me. I've done too much for the sport in combat sports for me to lose to this YouTube star, former Disney actor. You know what I mean? There's no way. But honestly, in my opinion, we we spoke about this on the podcast, like what we felt about these YouTubers coming into the sport of boxing and acting like they were um, taking over the sport. And I'm not sadly to say... But I believe Jake Paul is honestly doing it some justice, you know what I mean? For what he's, who he's putting on, mm-hmm. what he brings to the sport, right? To the sport of boxing, to the exhibition, quote unquote, exhibition side of the sport. Um, he's bringing a, a lot of attention to it, you know? Um, I want to read you a quote, right? That uh, uh, a coworker of mine sent me. And you tell me what or how you feel about what Jake Paul has said. This is Jake Paul, a quote from Jake Paul, quote, your grandpa had Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Your dad had Floyd Mayweather, has Floyd Mayweather. This generation has Jake Paul. Sadly. End quote. Meaning every generation has their... Their, their star, right? Their I guess star the fighter cha- that they follow, making history. Yes, exactly. And this uh, coworker of mine believes that he's he's uh, he's putting himself uh, as this uh, real boxer, right? And in my eyes, I'm just like, well, he is a boxer because he's licensed as a professional boxer. But what he said is he's not lying. Like I didn't take this. I didn't take this as him comparing himself to these kind of individuals as far as 
their record, their legacy, and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, this is exactly what I told him. You mean to tell me this generation, because he's talking about this generation. Now, if this generation were to see, I don't know, um, Vasily Lomachenko, uh, Teofimo Lopez, right? Let's just say Teofimo Lopez versus Kambosis is going is to fight this month, uh, next month in October. And Jake Paul fights on the same night. Who do you think this generation would go see? Obviously, they would go see Jake Paul, right? Yeah. Because he has the most buzz. He brings so much attention to his events. I, People are intrigued by his personality. Personality brings eyeballs. Brings. We're in the big hype era. I believe like everything's supreme. So, um, sadly, well, it's not sad because he brings different different views. Yeah, different fans. But the, a lot of the big, bigger fights are hyped fights. Yeah. I mean, Teofimo, I mean, he's an amazing boxer. Absolutely. But only the real boxer, boxing fans know him. And it's kind of like, uh, I think we... Uh, I think there's way more Ryan Garcia fans than Teofimo Lopez fans. 100%. There's more Gervonta Davis fans than uh, Terrence Crawford. 100%. I believe, um, I think somebody, I cannot remember and I... I hate that I can't give this person credit for this um, analogy that he gave or this example that he gave. He said that if a guy that knows how to fight, right, he's a well, a 100% fighter, but nobody knows him, gets into a fight, nobody notices. He could have beat three dudes and nobody would care, but they don't know him. But the most popular guy that everybody knows and is not a good fighter, he's a terrible fighter, but gets into a fight, they would know he got into a fight because everybody knows him. He could be he, but he's not as a good of a fighter as the guy that nobody knows. But if he gets into a fight, everybody knows he got into a fight. And this is what Jake Paul is. Jake Paul may not be the best at what he's doing, and he may not be the best in the sport of boxing. Not better than Teofimo Lopez. Not better than Terence Crawford, Canelo, all these dudes. But you can argue he's much more popular. If you compare Jake Paul's numbers. To Terrence Crawford's numbers, there's a big upside to Jake Paul, right? First of all, Jake Paul's fighting on pay-per-view. The last time Terrence Crawford fought on pay-per-view, his numbers were terrible. And that's not a knock on Terrence Crawford, but that's just what it is, you know? Like you just said, the hype is what sells. Um, it's just like the, the, the motto, sex sells, right? You add sex to something, it, it sells rather yeah. than being... Like the right way or the Christian way or the, you know what I mean? Like just the right way to do things. Yeah. It's not as attractive as girls in bikinis and, you know, stuff like that sells. Um, And Jake Paul is that dude for me. Like he's actually putting on and what I liked exactly what I was like. He's catching people's attention. And, and he's he, and, getting people's respect yeah. in, in that sense as well. Because not only is he actually putting in the fourth, the effort into getting into condition, um, adding skill, you know, actually trying to better himself every time. And I've seen his, I would say his past three fights. And I saw the Nate Robinson one. I saw the Ben Askren one. And now I've seen the Tyron Woodley fight. And in my opinion, he gets better every time. Yes, we probably hadn't seen him fight more than two rounds in his previous fights, but he went his full eight rounds this this time round, and he started off pretty well. He was pretty well rounded. He was throwing jabs. He was hitting the body. He was throwing uppercuts. He was throwing combinations, which is which is uh, pretty 
Impressive. Not impressive. For somebody uh, coming into the sport out of nowhere. You know, and, he, he didn't grow up. And you know him training. from social media. Yeah. You see him from his, from his uh, not antics, but from his personality on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see him in the, in the ring and you see the skills he's, uh, he's learned and yeah. developed as he's continuing to fight and adding fights, uh, fighting fight totals to his record. He's actually getting better, which yeah. is impressive for a guy. I'm not saying he's the best, right? No. no now, no. some people may miss For an amateur that's coming up. But you can easily see why people misinterpret and say, bro, but he can't beat uh, Javante Davis. What the hell is, what are you thinking? You're making this guy seem like he's like uh, the best pound for pound. No, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that he's actually getting better every time. Now, if he was fucking straight shit every single fight and he was just trash, well, then I will tell you he's straight trash and he's unwatchable and it's crazy that he's making all these numbers but he's actually getting better the skills are there the development is there and he's putting on fighters like uh, specifically amanda serrano as the co-main event i don't remember seeing women being co-main events in any boxing fight that's exactly what clarissa shields was saying put me on the errol spence card where he's the main event put me as the co-main event I mean, UFC fighters are putting women in co-main events, and people love it. You know what I mean? Let us show what we can do. Because when you put them as main events, people could care less. The eyeballs are not there, you know? The eyeballs are not there because they're not exposed to that kind of um, uh, uh, skills coming from women. Uh, no offense. But when you put them on a card where there's a, a, a crazy um, main event like Errol Spence Pacquiao, and you put Clarissa Shields in there, well, people are going to be watching the card, and you see Clarissa Shields, you get you get familiar with that fighter. Now, when you hear her name again, you're already familiar with what she's done prior. Put the women on every single main card. I, that's one thing I would also criticize Canelo for. Mm-hmm. You're you're arguably one of the most watched boxers in the world. Put the women on, you know, put them on your card at least. Not not necessarily. The coming event, but put them on the card. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, let's dissect this, okay? Right? Let's dissect this uh, Jake Paul one. This Jake Paul main event. I believe, like I said, he got better. First three rounds, I believe Jake Paul was beating him. He beat. He won those three rounds. Why? Because he was active. He was. He was hitting. Like I said, he was jabbing the body. He was throwing more combinations. Tyron Woodley was just like. Feeling him out, but you cannot feel him out for that long. You know what I mean? We saw that with Vasily Lomachenko where he felt them out like the whole damn fight and he ended up losing the fight. Yeah. Um, he wasn't active. That's what I mean. Like Jake Paul was active, but then that fourth round came. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That fourth round came and, and he felt that. And he felt that power. But then again, uh, Woodley was kind of like stuck between MMA stance and going back to boxing. Definitely didn't have a boxing stance. So I guess, I mean, he was just overthinking the first three rounds, mm-hmm. and I guess in the fourth round he was like, you know what? If I don't do nothing right now, it, it, I'm 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 just not gonna do nothing. And I'm know? giving up too many rounds. Yeah, yeah. As the rounds go by, I'm just letting the rounds go by, and I'm giving him these rounds. Yeah. So I got to be a little bit more active. So when that fourth round came, I, and he I guess caught he, him, I just I guess he just felt like if I get knocked out by this dude, it's gonna be the most embarrassing thing in my life. Especially if if he does it early in the fight. And what I like is that so I think he was just trying to. Figured him out, feel his power in the first three rounds. And by the fourth round, I guess he just came to his senses. Was like, you know what? We got to go in. 
and Jake was catching him with some pretty good shots yeah, yeah. to where he could have possibly hurt because, um, like I said, Jake has some heavy hands. Yeah, he's he's a big dude. He's, he's a big naturally dude. bigger. Yeah, uh, about two hundred pounds. He looks way there. longer. Um, so of course he's in carry he's power. He's been punching for a while. He's been boxing. You know, he's been working on those punches to accuracy. His his, his way of boxing is knock you out. So he has them 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 power shots. You he know? has uh, power uh, knockout power. Yeah, he definitely does have knockout power, yeah. and we've seen it on display. And but not a guy to get not against a guy like Tyrant Woodley. Not saying that Tyrant Woodley couldn't get knocked out because we've seen him get dropped. Uh, knocked down not knocked out but dropped knocked yeah, down yeah he's been knocked down and stopped and stopped the, the stop is there was a knockout I wouldn't want to call it that it was a knockout it was a TKO a technical yeah, knockout yeah. but I want to say he could have kept going well I mean that's when that's for the referee to make yeah, his yeah. Uh, um, but it wasn't no knockout like Ben Askren no 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 uh, it wasn't like that dive. but I mean he was doing his thing in the first three rounds but when he was caught right that's what people wanted to see that's what people. That's where people's question were um, towards Jake. Like, what? First of all, how good are how good in, of uh, of a condition? Excuse me, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. How good of a condition are you in? Are you in that good of condition that you can go a full eight? Because we've only seen you go two. And the guys that are fighting against you are not at the level as Tyron Woodley, as far as striking goes. And he felt the power of Tyron Woodley. He felt rocked. So when you, like I said, we've spoken about how when you get rocked, what do you do? You're faced adversity. Adversity is at its highest. You're hurt. You you got a guy coming forward, get, trying to knock your head off. He's doing the Roy Jones, swinging the arm, and he's saying, "Yeah, I got you. You're in trouble now, boy. Like you better run, or you better cover yourself, or you better do whatever it takes." Because I'm after you. I smell blood, and this should last about another. 30 seconds let's just say and he was doing he did what he's supposed to do he was composed he was moving around the ring he was trying to trying to jab uh tyron woodley he was trying to do whatever it take to not take a haymaker from tyron woodley he was taking some shots he made it out of the fourth round and in the fifth round you would think right tyron woodley would come uh aggressively and try to maybe catch another power shot, uh, test his legs, test his uh, equilibrium, see if it's all there, and nothing. Like, I was telling, like, I was talking to a, my the coworker of mine that um, works with me. I said, just because you cut off the ring doesn't mean you're winning the fight, right? Because, yes, you may be the aggressive, uh, you're pressuring, the, you're more aggressive when it comes to pressure, but you're not throwing any punches. You're not throwing jabs. You're not... Uh, Throwing combinations, you're looking for that one punch knockout. You're head hunting. You're not all all the way around. Um, you're not all uh, well rounded enough to be able to convince the judges that you have control, that you're showing ring generalship. And Jake happened to do that. Like he was, even though he wasn't hurting him, doesn't matter if you're hurting him. If you're active, if you're throwing jabs, if you're connecting shots, and if you're throwing decent shots. Those count against you. Uh, they're gonna count. Uh, they're not gonna count against you if you're Jake Paul. But I'm saying, if you're receiving those shots, they're gonna go against you if you're Tyron Woodley. Just because they're not hurting you doesn't mean they're not counting against you. You need to be more active to win the round. And as the rounds went on, it felt like Tyron Woodley was taking less and less um, 
uh, he started taking his foot off the gas a little bit. And at the end of the, uh, at the, it was the eighth round, they told him, okay, you need to knock out, fam. Like, if you don't knock this dude out, or at least down a couple of times, you're not, you're not getting this win. Yeah, yeah. And he tried, he got a little aggressive, and yes, he probably won the eighth round. But that's pretty much pointless at this point, because Jake knew he had to fight, uh, fight one, and he was just gonna see out this, the remainder of the fight. Like, I don't have to win this round, and I still win the fight. That's That was his mindset going into the eighth round, which was the correct mindset because that was 100% fact. And when the fight, the fight was over, um, Jake was pretty respectful, especially when it came to the post-fight interview. He respected him. He said whatever happened this week, was it was not personal. You know, it was all respect. Uh, if anybody got offended, I apologize. That's not what it was meant for. They invited the mamas out there. Yeah, the moms were there, and he respected. Even uh, Logan Paul mm. got on the mic. Well, obviously, Ariel was uh, asked him a few questions and asked how he felt about his brother. He said he was pretty much uh, uh, proud of him and respected Tyron Willie for accepting the fight, and it was all love. There was no uh, no ill will, and uh, hopefully they can move past this and, you know, be cordial at least. You don't have to be friends. Yeah. And... Um, so it was all it was all love, right? It was all kumbaya and everything. But then my, Tyron Willie gets on the on the mic, and Tyron Willie's on a whole different uh, mindset. He believed he won the fight, and I believe one judge gave him the fight. One judge did, and the other two judges gave it to Jake Paul as he as they should have. I don't know what the hell the other judge was watching, but there is no way in hell you give him a, a, a the fight. How did he get a fight if he only won one round, at least in my opinion? Or maybe two rounds, okay, right? We'll give him the fourth round where he where he dazed them and he rocked them. And maybe the last round because he was aggressive because he needed to yeah, knock him yeah, down. Yeah. The rest of the fight, he was losing. Yeah. Like, he wasn't active enough. You were you were headhunting too much. You weren't uh, connecting. Um, you weren't uh, throwing combinations. And even though Tyron Woodley said, most of the shots that were thrown were hitting my gloves, okay, but... How did you respond? You know what I mean? Like, what was your response to those shots? In the judge's eyes, I'm looking at the fight, and I see Jake moving forward, and I see him throwing jabs to the body, moving to the head, throwing combinations, capping, catching you with a couple of upper, with a with an uppercut that was beautiful, in my opinion, from Jake Paul. But you are just stalking him. You're just coming forward. You're you're trying to catch him with a haymaker. You eventually both get wrapped up. They start separating you. There's nothing from the Woodley uh, side that made me or convinced me to give you a round bad enough when your performance did not. You didn't put that kind of performance on display, in my opinion, if I'm the judges watching the fight. So for him to declare himself and and say that he feels like he won the fight is absurd to me, even though I was going for Woodley. You know what I mean? I was going for him because I wanted him to win. I like Woodley. I wanted him to get uh, one up on um, the world, I guess, because everybody's down on him ever since he's been losing. He just added another loss to his uh, to his uh, record. And it's to Jake Paul. And it sucks because they had bet on getting a tattoo of each other if they would have lost. You know what I mean? One was going to come out with some ink and an L. And uh, so he asked him for an immediate rematch. When they asked Jake Paul what was his next move, he was kind of like overwhelmed. He felt 
he, I, it looks like to me, in my opinion, when he was rocked, right, and after going to his corner, after the fourth round, going into the fifth round, he was, in his mind, was like, holy shit, like, like this is what adversity feels like. This is what, it, it ain't no games no more. This dude is trying to kick my ass, and, and he hurt me already, mm-hmm. and now what am I going to do? This is what a fighter is made of. Like, what do you do at this point? Do you continue to fight? Does, do you let your mind get to you and say you should just, like, give up or this is not for you what did i get myself into no this is where you push yourself to the breaking point and say god damn it i'm willing to go out here and put it all out there even if i get knocked out that's what i'm willing to do and um so for for tyron to completely dismiss everything that had just happened and claim self-claim a win for me, it's just like, are you in denial? Like, there's there's no way you won this fight. But he did say something correct. When they asked Jake Paul, who do you want next? He didn't know who to, who to call out, right? Because who out there that you believe has a big enough attraction or willing to get into the ring with Jake Paul that would make or create this kind of buzz? Or that would be willing to take on this fight? At this point, a Woodley rematch would be logical, don't you think? Yeah. Because you saw him get rocked. At this point, I believe the money line would be much closer because Woodley actually caught Jake Paul and actually hurt him. So I believe a rematch would be watchable and would be sellable for a lot of uh, for for the for Showtime, and a lot of people would be willing to watch the fight again. Yeah. In my opinion, I think that would be the best bet. Just in case I- you wanna. Set up, uh, look for the long term. Okay, Tyron Willis for the now. Like, I'll do a rematch, and that brings me a little bit more money, brings me a little bit more exposure, could possibly add another win to my record. Yes. And in and, and the meantime, I can let my team look for an opponent, you know, for a future opponent. That way I could keep uh, being active for, for the rest of 2021 and maybe uh, the beginning of 2022 uh, in the spring or whatever to start get another fight in after that. But Tyron Willie could possibly be at the end of this year or maybe early next year if they want to take a long break. You know what I mean? But that would be a perfect for the now fight while he looks for somebody as equally as attractive that will be sellable for his next fight. So for me, it's it's a good fight. I, w- I would be willing to watch it again. I think that's kind of his only option. Somewhat, yeah, right? That's kind of how it feels. He's already retired or eliminated. Uh, did they drop him, or did he retire from the UFC? His contract expired. They didn't his, renew contract his contract expired. They didn't renew him. Coming from a losing uh, streak, it was also uh, getting up in age. He's what thirty nine years old. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't. He's not going to make another run for the title for UFC. Yeah, I don't think he'll go back to the UFC. I think his UFC run is over. Yeah, so I think at his age. He doesn't have anything to prove. He's being a champion. Yeah, he's done. He's he's done. He's done what he's had to do at the peak of his uh, body. Uh, you know, now just use your brain. You know, make fights that make you money. Yeah, and this was he said himself. This was the most money he's ever gotten for one fight. Yeah, right. So I think a rematch will probably get him double the money. And even that's what Jake said. Oh, you want another payday? That's what you want. You no, don't want to necessarily worry. That's what Jake said. And nothing's wrong with that. It's, I mean, they're both entertainers, even mm-hmm. though they're athletes. They're also entertainers. Yeah. So, to me, this makes sense for both of them. 
Yeah. One, grow as a boxer. One, grow as an entertainer that you still in fighting. He's still in the fighting uh, ability. Uh, his body's still not, his, his body's not done. Mm-hmm. Like other fighters that they, they reach a certain level that they just can't do anything. Yeah. Like they can't box. They can't wrestle. They can't. They don't want to put themselves through that stress yeah. in that body, uh, through the body. They don't want to put their body through that amount of stress. So I want to say, as an exhibition fighter right now, this is probably his biggest check uh, and get endorsements. You know, I mean, yeah. At He's, this point, at this point, I think this is smart for both of them. It's entertaining for both of us. We want to see somebody. Well, I want to see somebody get knocked out, or them to go toe to toe and give us the best they can. So you agree that? Um, yeah, that they should do a rematch. Yeah, me too. I believe that too. And when Tyron Woodley kind of kind of came off aggressively as like a sore loser, quote unquote sore loser. Um, I, guess that, rematch. I, I think that's probably that's probably the way he was trying to make it look as if you know like no I won you know like we need to run it back because you know like you know mm-hmm. I guess that was that was his way of you know make hyping it up yeah and I believe as just because of that glimpse of adversity th- that th- he faced would be sellable yeah because throughout the whole begin like the conference everything he was the calm one mm-hmm. Jake was the one that was over hyping it overdoing it. That's that's his character. That's who he is. Yeah, he's comfortable. That's he's a marketable com- guy. Yeah. On the other on the other hand, Tyrone Woodley, he's a respectable guy, calm. Uh, he he won't raise his voice at you. No, he'll let his his fighting style do the talking. Yeah. All, everything inside the ring or in the combat. Yeah. Whatever it is in the cage or in the ring, and yeah, for sure, I believe he said, "Get the tattoo, and we'll do a rematch." Yeah. And they shook on it. I haven't seen pictures of Tyron Willie getting the, the tattoo yet. Tattoo Baby was there, a famous tattoo artist, and she said that they were going to do it in the back or even the after, people, after the fight. After the fight, go out there, shave your leg, and they're going to tattoo him. I think they're going to do it in the leg. So hopefully, there's a rematch in the works. I'm pretty sure Jay Paul would be. I'll watch it. Would be willing to to I'll, take the fight. I'll probably pay for this one. I mean, hopefully, and and oh, before we get off of this topic, I like the fact that. Uh, and it's a power move, honestly. Credit to Showtime for snatching Jake Paul from Triller. Yeah. Because Jake Paul was fighting in Triller, and now you get uh, a, a a big attraction in Jake Paul. He brings a lot of eyeballs, a lot of um, a lot of attention to the to their platform of Showtime Boxing and the combat sports in Showtime. It's like and slapping not, supreme on everything. Yeah, and you get obviously the all access um, uh, the all access show. That follows Jake. It brings you the insight of his training camp, of his life, everything. Everything that you would want to base and to get you ready for the fight moving to the actual date, uh, Showtime provides. You know, it gets you a day-to-day vlog of what you're doing, everything. It's just like the embedded in the UFC, the countdown, stuff like that, that builds the fight before the fight actually happens. It gets you ready for it. And I believe it was a big move for Showtime to snatch up the the guy they call the problem child. So let's see what um what they have in store. Maybe they maybe we will get the rematch, hopefully, and that would be another big payday for both men. Yeah. And hopefully they put hopefully on. Hopefully we get it this year. Hopefully and, by Christmas. And hopefully they put on other fighters, you know, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the undercard because that brings a lot of eyes. You know, they you had um, some good fighters like uh, Montana Love versus Ivan Baranchek. Two fighters that people had never even heard of, but they put on a hell of a performance. Uh, the performance of the night, in my opinion. Obviously, people would say the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight because that was the main event. But it's kind of 
unfair for you to uh, put that against that one because obviously the main attraction is the main event. But Serrano Mercado was also a good fight. Uh, uh, Daniel Dubois making his uh, uh, American debut, knocked out Jose uh, Cusumano in the first round. So I mean there was there was a there was a lot of good fights and a lot of emotion, commotion, and anything you wanted to be leading up to the main event. So hopefully in the next fight they're able to uh, rack up some fighters and and a, a good card just like this one or maybe even better, you know, get some get some talent in there because um, Jake Paul definitely brings a lot of eyeballs, which is good for the sport of boxing because that's it's a sport. That's being washed by the water. And MMA is completely on top. Completely on top over boxing right now. Okay, with the the NFL season, right? The NFL season will start not this Thursday, but next Thursday. And the Dallas Cowboys, out of all teams, opened the season against the reigning champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the GOAT, Tom Brady. I believe they'll be they'll be receiving they'll be dropping the banner and they'll be receiving their rings, right? And which is crazy that the Cowboys are gonna have to sit there and say, damn, it's been like twenty plus years or more since we've won a Super Bowl and had to go through this. But anyways, uh, obviously you're gonna have to have you know the biggest team hopefully in America. Ho- hopefully that that uh that moment kinda rubs Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones a certain way you know seeing like starting the season seeing what somebody else yeah somebody else that had no place winning the Super Bowl no place being in the Super Bowl you know somebody that had probably the worst season before Brady went there yeah you know somebody that would doubt, like the, the league even the, I want to say a lot of people doubted uh, Tom Brady too I did to even get to the playoffs yeah or well, maybe you not know, the playoffs but after, to win it it's a long shot yeah after a COVID season where there was no training there his was first no, season as well his 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 moves going to Tampa were kind of like a fairy tale kind of like kind of like you know a joke a lot of people probably because there was so much uh, controversy about him you know asking for the, the players numbers so that he could go to the park and just run drills yeah people didn't take him serious of man this guy's crazy he's he's already at that point of his career he's already so damn old that he's just he's just gonna try to this is gonna be like you know he's uh, a dinosaur out here yeah a chip on his shoulder that he's just trying to prove Bilicek wrong or maybe pull him pull, prove himself right yeah that he still had it he went and got um Antonio Brown somebody that had just Gotten suspended, probably accused of so many cases. People yeah. thought he was crazy too, and was one of the worst players available. Called in football. his called his homie Gronk, somebody that was already retired. Yeah. Called him out of retirement and brought him and over brought him on on the team. And dude, like he's putting his friends on into to the point where he's just like, you want to win a Super Bowl? It was like let's him. Do it. it was like him catching up with all his friends at the park, you know, like people from his hood. Like, let's say you come back to the hood, you just pick up all your friends that you used to play with or or people that you get along with. You know, yeah. like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And he did it. So with that being said, the Cowboys have uh, failed. Taking a hell of a pay cut going the, to Tampa. The Cowboys have failed and were unable to pick up a win in the preseason. They had four preseason games. They had the Hall of Fame game against the Steelers. That one was a loss. Cowboys 3, Steelers 16. Cowboys faced Arizona after that. That was another loss, 16-19. to 19. 
Then they faced Houston. That was another loss, 14 to 20. And just this weekend, it was Cowboys versus Jacksonville. And we lost Cowboys 14, Jacksonville 34. With that being said, does that concern you going into the week, to week one, um, uh, to kind of not, um, would it be wrong for you to say that you still believe that they can pull off a win? Pull off an upset. The upset. Pull because up an right, upset? Because right now Tampa's a seven pull, and a half pull, point favorite. Pull up an upset? Only if Tampa doesn't show up. So you have no faith that they can pull an upset? I have no faith. I thought you had all your faith in, in uh, Zeke. Yeah, but you can't run the ball, man. You, what do you mean? If the, if the quarterback... Can you have him. no faith? No, bro. Sorry, I just, I just got to be realistic. I mean, this is a team that, you know, it just hasn't shown uh, any growth on the preseason. So it is, so you are concerned then because they did not win a preseason game. They didn't show no upside Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I, have no, I have no faith in them. Oh, There's wow. a concern that Dak might not even play a, a few games starting the season or he might be a little off. Yeah, he'll play week one. Coming, sure. off, coming off a year – off and then not having a full training because of shoulder issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just go on the field and start uh, throwing touchdowns. I mean, it's possible. Anything can happen. It's, it's sports. Anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. But I mean, which is kind of crazy to say that there's he's loaded. He had he just has to throw the ball in the right direction and either CD Cooper's healthy. Uh, and, uh. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup still with us, and uh, they still have what's the other guy? Blake Jarwin back, and they have uh, Jordan Sh- uh, yeah. Schultz. Two solid tight ends. That... I don't know if his name first name is Jordan. I think it's something else. I can't remember, but I think so. But the fact that they have all that, the reason why I say this, Dave, you're concerned, right? Because if you say that the and Cal- they have a, they have a decent decent running back, uh, uh, Tony Pollard. Backup running back? Oh, who are you Not just about? him. I mean, the other guy, the new guy. They just, they just picked up the guy with the goggles. The guy with the goggles? Uh, You're talking about, um, here we go. I'm pulling him up now. I cannot remember his name exactly, even though I've been watching him yeah. on um, on Hard Knocks. But, no, but he's he's a good backup. I mean. Um, okay, rushing. They have a good committee. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that it, all the weight's not going to be on Zeke. Oh, the, the the weight is definitely going to be on Zeke. He's obviously a lot healthier, but you have—I mean, it's not going to be all running. And if you have to run more than normal, I think he will, bro, because Dak's shoulder is very—I would say right now it would be very. Well, we don't have no quarterback other than Dak right now. That is a fact. We have Cooper Rush, and he just won the backup job. So, you could only imagine if. Hold on, before we go on. Cooper Rush won the backup quarterback. What does that tell you? If there's a backup quarterback that were they were both fighting, which is uh, Ger- Gilbert and Cooper Rush, were fighting for the backup spot. We already know what Cooper Rush is. I just hope they let and go of uh, uh, Mr. Danucci. Uh, Danucci. Bad. Danucci. Throwing fun- interceptions at the interception. Yeah. Well, the go, fact. Let them go. Pick up, pick up a high school kid that has a winning record at least. A high school kid? Anybody. At this point, as a backup. Um. Well, oh, you're talking about Jaquan Hardy. Yeah, yeah. That's him. Um, running back. He's 5'10", 225, 23 years old. Um, he's not no Zeke, but 
he's he no he's a good add on to the com- to the running backs committee. I mean, third string. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, yeah. if he gets cut though. I'm sorry. I hope not because his uh, from what I've seen on Hard Knocks, at least his um, his hands are not reliable. Um, his very uh, his vision is is a problem. Yeah, yeah. and getting yards when you're needed. It's very hard. Tony Pollard is a perfect guy, but maybe a third string possibly. He no, could, he well, I'm be. hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping he's at at least as, as a third string, so that you don't have to wear out Zeke and Tony Pollard because they will be needed at the end of the of the, of the season. We're going 17, 17 weeks. Okay, they, and I think they get their first uh, bye week like on like week six, week seven. Okay. so really early in the season. Mm-hmm. Well, addressing your concern, right? Because you said you are concerned of game one. And for me, it's imperative that the Cowboys win from game one. Why do I say that? Because you've got Chargers week two. That's a tough team. You do not want to start 0-2. And then your first home game is against Philadelphia, game three. It's arguably, and it's possible, that you could lose three games in a row with the pressure mounting if you're coming off of two losses off Tampa Bay and the Chargers, which are easily could be losses. And if you're going into your first home game 0-2, you know the amount of pressure you have, especially going into your first home game against a conference rival. I'm a conference division rival, excuse me. Um, what, I mean, pressure is on, fam. Like the pressure is on. That's why I say, for us, it will be best case scenario to win and pull the upset against Tampa Bay because you don't want to start zero and one because that's the amount of pressure in game two will be very high. And mind you. The Chargers are good. They have a good. They have a good quarterback. They have a very good defense. So for me, I think you need whatever it takes to pull off the upset. In my opinion, I think we have what it takes to be to to beat them. Because there's a such thing called as um, a Super Bowl hangover, and I believe it's real. Sometimes it can be real. Um, I think at some point. Uh, Tom Brady has been uh, frustrated at practice because there's a sense of comfortability that comes with winning a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Even though Tom Brady may not have that because he's been through this. He's won Super Bowls. He knows what it means to become champion in the next following year. Your expectations are high. Expectations were high on Tampa Bay with the addition of Tom Brady. But expectations are at a whole nother level. When you become champion, because when you could become champion, expectations for this, the reigning Super Bowl champions are for you to continue that dominance. And if there's some lack of uh, momentum in your play, especially going up against the Cowboys and you lose to the Cowboys, you know how many people would say we have a problem. But in my opinion, I believe we can win. Because it's week one, and I think I have that much faith in Dak that he can make the right um, quarterback play. I just hope Kellen Moore can um, can make call the correct plays, and hopefully we get some good defensive stoppages and get the dub. Because I, would, like I said, I would hate to just go on the road and t- two times in a row. First off in Tampa, second one in 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 L.A. And then to come home to play a, a division rival in Philadelphia Eagles with the amount coming in 0-2 to our first home game and having a division rival as our first game. 
and Philadelphia at that with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and those guys over there. It's it's going to be tough. It'll start. If we lose that first game, we're in for a bumpy-ass start. Okay. That's a fact. Let's go into something. How confident are you on your boy? I'm 100. Okay. Wait, if Let's it, be realistic. This is me being realistic. Skill-wise, I'm 100 all the way in. Mm-hmm. But when I heard the shoulder, I am concerned. I was one of the first ones to say I'm concerned when I first heard the news off his first MRI. I said, bro, this is something wrong. When Porzingis went down against the Mavericks and they were refusing to tell us it was more serious than it was, I said, there's something wrong with him. There, this is not just minor. This of is course. major. Something They're not telling us something. Oh, he has a torn meniscus. Oh, well, goddamn. You could have just told him he's out for the damn playoffs. Yeah. But yeah, you kept saying next game and maybe next game and maybe next game. When they tell you, don't worry, he's it's not that bad. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Shoulder, it's bad. Yeah, especially he's throwing. Them. And like I said, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Especially, it wasn't any problem, any accident leading to that that issue. It's a non-contact problem. So is even that 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 brings even more questions. Yeah. So that concerns me because it's your throwing arm. Forget the ankle. Now it's the shoulder. Your throwing shoulder at that. Your quarterback. That's what you need. And that concerns me. One, because of the injury. Two, where our lack of death in the quarterback position. No no backup. We don't have no backup. So it's Dak or bust. Throw Jerry Jones in there. Yeah, it's Dak it, or bust. It'll be the same issue. So that's already a concern in my in my uh, in my opinion. It's just a concern. It's just it's kinda like we're set up for failure. You know what I mean? Number two. How do you feel about your coach right now? I never liked Mike McCarthy. Okay. So and um and, and I'm through I, through the through the, the Hard knocks, and through what we've seen in the preseason, what's your take on him right now? I think uh, there's some there's some individuals that act a certain way when the cameras are around, opposed to when the cameras are not around. Yeah, and um, and I feel like hopefully it's not all for show. Um, like you've seen Hard Knocks, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, obviously, I see it for the laughs. Of course, I, I don't see it to. I've been to their training, uh, and I see them out there. I just go out there just to see how they're moving. If there's something that they're that looks like is bothering them, that's about it. Yeah, but I don't go to see to to. I don't believe the hype. No, I think you get more uh, you get more out of it as a media guy. Yeah, like you go over there to talk to coaches and and yeah, well, yeah. what does this look like or what are they doing here? You, you get your information from there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, we can't. Obviously, we're, we can't. We're not, we're we're not, not certified. At, we're not at that level no, where we not. could go and ask questions. And if there was something wrong, I don't think they will release stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they would not disclose that kind uh, of information. Especially not right now, before the season, with all the questions. But we can have our concerns. But yeah. We can address our concerns. But how do you feel about his coaching? Do you feel like, Look, has, it, has it made any changes since this came on? I feel, in my opinion, that it's not the lack of talent. For the Dallas Cowboys yeah. is the lack of personnel. Yeah. Every team that wins or has success, you look at their personnel. It's top notch. You have people in the offices that are putting people in position to win. In our case, we do not have that. Oh, yes, no. we have. It's just you just got to take a back seat and let the 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 correct put the people in place and let them do their job. Just yeah. let them do their job. And uh, until that happens, I mean, me, for me, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, that's a guy that Jerry Jones picked, or or it kind of uh, Ben DiNucci. That's somebody that uh, 
uh, McCarthy just kind of had a soft some, spot, some type of like yeah, like I guess like I guess like sympathy. a friend sympathy. Uh, my brother knows him. My brother coached him, or whatever the the the, the issue was, how they know each other. Mm-hmm. But he just he's keeping them on as a friend. He's trying to help them out. Doing his, but we don't solid. need that. We don't need. We're not gonna win championships helping somebody that is gonna take up a roster spot just yeah. because you know somebody that knows him. Or yeah, that coach. He's him. just getting a check. Yeah, he's just need, like a politician that's you know working the front desk. If you know? you're not gonna impact the team in some sort of way, but he's in a position cannot. that affects the team. Them three picks that he threw back to back to back, it was uh, and unwatchable. That, yeah, I yeah, was like, I was like, dude, like, why, why is he even on the team after that? I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be that harsh, obviously, because no, but he was on all last season for no reason. If you're you made it to the NFL, damn it, you're you're somebody. You know he, what I mean? Oh, he, well, he made it because of uh, McCarthy. That that's that's my take on it. Uh, I just think he he he, he, he knew he knew the right person at the right time. Okay, he landed at the right place. But right, right now, time. they should have been scouting and looking for a good backup. Absolutely, or get a free agent. Do and, something. Yeah, anybody. You don't see any sort of um, uh, urgency. It's not. We're not, I'm not saying that. Okay. Dak is not gonna be able to perform. What if he? But accidents happen. But what is it? What is the saying? It's better to have someone and not need them than to need them and not have them. Yeah. There's guys you can go out there and get right now. It's not saying that you're gonna replace him or you don't trust his health. We don't want to. What if? We want to have somebody there. And and I know you can go do something about it. You, there's plenty of guys that are or teams that have plenty of backups. The games need to keep winning, even if there's an injury, even if there's a suspension, even if there's a freaking whatever. Yeah. I just don't want to see this schedule with a whole bunch of L's. Well, we have four right now. We have a week, because uh, today, well, not a whole week. Us, uh, we're today's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We have a week, seven, and a eight, half. nine, ten days. Yeah. Ten days before the opening of the NFL football season, and the Cowboys need to be ready because uh, Bruce Arians and the Bucks are coming with it, and the Dallas Cowboys will be under a microscope if they start zero and one. Because then you got the talks of zero and two, zero and three, and so on and so forth. And then oh, typical Cowboys, here we go, all the hype shrinked, deflated. Okay, let's go ahead and start with our new. Um, um, segment and uh hope we got a few questions that um that we have so we try to answer from different uh parts of the sports um media and the sports uh overall general sports so let's talk a little bit of sports so go ahead bro uh, right. read me the first question, question question number one let's hit this uh, something that a lot of people has been waiting for um not it, we don't all just talk we don't just talk nfl right so College football is around the corner. You're a Texas Longhorns fan. Yes, I'm a TCU yes. fan. Right. I'm new to the NCAA. Okay. I don't know. I don't know about college every, football. Every freaking thing. division that's in there. Every but, conference. But I'm every conference. But I'm getting to learn and getting to. Uh, I bought some tickets to some games this year. So we bought some tickets. We gonna be in the building. Yeah. But go ahead, bro. All right. Question number one. Okay. With the college football season coming to a start, uh, Texas Texas Longhorn named. Um, Hudson Card as their starting quarterback. Um, what did this decision say about y'all's head coach, Steve uh, Sarkeesian? Sarkeesian can't pronounce his name. Why they pick weird last names, hey, guys? Bro, that's that's uh, that's his name. 
Should have just put Matthew McConaughey on there. You just call him Sark for short. Okay. Yeah. Steve Sark. What does it say about him? Um, I think it's it's tough for him to make this uh, decision in his first season because coming off the Alamo Bowl last season, uh, Casey Thompson put on a show. You know, Sam Ellinger, who now is playing for the for the Indianapolis Colts, went down with a shoulder injury, and you got Casey Thompson sitting on the bench. You also had Hudson Card there as a redshirt freshman, but I mean Hudson, I mean excuse me, Casey Thompson lit it up. And he did his thing. So coming into this season, you figured he would be the runner, next runner, up. the next guy up. But when in that Alamo Bowl, the head coach was Tom Herman. Tom, well, Tom Herman got fired at the end of the season. You bring in Steve Sarkeesian. So now Steve Sarkeesian has a clean slate. I don't have no ties to none of y'all. I'm gonna name the 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 player that I feel is best for our team for this season, and in which is kind of like okay, you really dissecting the player and uh and the player that you believe is best for this for this uh for this team for this football season and for him to make that kind of uh decision choosing Hudson Card as the as the starting quarterback in game, in week 1 says a lot about what the kind of decisions that Sark is willing to make and just to make this team a better um team not going with you think what they think what we believe no, it's what I believe. I Sarkeesian just won the uh, the national championship with Alabama, so he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I've heard, they believe in what Sark believes, and what believe they believe Sark knows what he's doing. So if Sark says Hudson Card is the best quarterback for us to uh, start off the season with, well, I mean that's the that's we got to believe him. Do you think this will be like a re rebuild? Season for, I mean, it's all, it's sometimes it can be because when you lose your your head, uh, your starting quarterback and your head coach and your head coach, yes, but you got not only you didn't just get any random head coach, you got Steve Sarkeesian, which just put up he was the offensive coordinator for Alabama last year, and that team was putting up the most numbers in NFL college football history, the most okay. points in NFL football history. So he's not a scrub; he knows what he's doing. So I gotta respect him for it. I got uh, he's he just showed me that he's willing to make the tough decisions when they need to be made. Oh, so cool. that that is that's what uh, I that's the first impression that I get from his first big decision uh, as head coach for the Texas Longhorns. Bet, bet, bet. All right, all right. Give me what the next one, bro. Question number two: The main card for the UFC two sixty eight was revealed over the weekend. Do you think that the the UFC will top this card. We haven't seen one like this in a while. Not like this. Stacked. I believe there's been stacked cards, right? There's been a, a lot of stacked cards all 2020, not back-to-back. Well, early 2020, back-to-back. But recently, not they, so stacked. But what, this they, one's hella stacked. And would you think they'll be able to top it in this year? I mean, I wouldn't count it out right because they just seem to outdo themselves every single time every time they give us a stat card we're like holy shit this this uh this um this card is stacked and then you get another one and another one so it's kind of hard for me to say no 
just looking at this card, you got Kamara Usman, Kobe Covington 2 as the main event. You got Thug Rose, Nama Yunus versus Zhang Wei Li another, in the rematch. Another rematch. That was a hell of a, of, hell of of a, a first fight. fight. And then you got Justin Gaethje making his return after his loss against uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. And then you got Iron Mike Chandler. Mm. Ba- that's another badass fight. And then you got the return of Luke Rockhold, a uh, middleweight bout uh, that he hasn't fought in a while. Making his return, so that's always uh, Luke Rockhold is a, a, a fan favorite. If you know UFC, you know Luke Rockhold. Uh, people like him uh, a lot. And then you got Frankie Edgar versus Cheeto Vera, which is a, a, a fight for the the guys who've been doing this for a good while. You know, Cheeto Vera beat Sean O'Malley. Uh, Frankie Edgar is a OG that has been fighting and grinding for years. And then you got Irene Aldana, Mexican fighter, which she I believe she fought in the Connor. I believe she fought in the Conor McGregor card. Yes, she did. She fought in the Conor McGregor card, and now she's fighting Jermaine Durand and me, where she's ranked number one in the bantamweight division. So, I mean... She I, fought in the last Conor fight with Poirier too? Yeah. Okay. She fought in that card, and she won. So, she gets uh, Jermaine Durand and me, and I believe if she wins this fight, she gets the title shot. And then you got uh, Al Iaquinta versus Bobby Green. Uh... Yeah, Quinto was a guy that fought Khabib Nurmagomedov, so he's kind of a guy that you were you're intrigued to see what he can do. He's um, he's not ranked right now, but he's a, a promising fighter. So this card is pretty much stacked, yeah. right, from start to finish. To say that you can top this is going to be hella hard. I don't know how you're going to you these is some heavy hitters here. Unless you get um, uh, Conor McGregor Poirier, I don't think you'll get it this year. I don't think you'll get it this year. I think it's a little early for that. But I would say Christmas could come early. If I if I know UFC like I I feel like I do, I believe yes, I believe they can't top this before the end of twenty twenty one. I believe they can make one more card that can just uh, can just surprise us and 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 probably say, damn, this competes with that card. But I believe this card right here. I mean, do you think you will see Oliveira fight this year? Yeah. Okay, I, so I that's possible. Yeah. So that's what I said. For as of right now, twenty twenty one, this is the card that holds. The biggest weight, like so, this is the best card I've seen all year. Imagine we see Oliveira on a, on a, on a title defense. We see Adesanya on a title defense. Yeah, something like that. I mean, that's uh, why I say it's possible. But it, as of right now, this is the best card right now. But can they be topped in the rest of twenty twenty one? I believe it can. Is uh, and that's a lot to say. Amanda Nunez. Yeah, versus she uh, had to she had to postpone her fight. Did they already release a date for her fight? No, but I believe she'll be fighting. She'll be fighting this year. She's already out of uh, of COVID yeah. protocol and everything, so, so she'll be she'll so, be put on the next card. Uh, yeah. That's why I say there's yes. A, there's a lot of fights that need to happen soon, and That'd I mean we're running out of months. They could just stack them all up. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I, then yes, my answer is yes. Yeah, because I mean, it's 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 a lot of interesting stuff coming on. Uh, Everywhere, everywhere that UFC needs to get their stuff together and just, you know, give us some, some great fights. All right. So. Talk to me. Give me the next question. Oh, that, Last oh, one. That's another one. Over the transfer. Oh, we're going to soccer now. Yeah. Over the transfer. Uh, get it together. What's your right there? Okay. Over the transfer window. Oh, transfer window. Yeah. So you spelled window differently. I didn't know what that was. Uh, transfer window. Uh, PSG has become the most attractive football soccer team in all of uh, Europe in 2021. 
They're becoming a mega team. They're becoming the new Lakers, the new Miami Golden Heat. State, the new Miami Heat. Yeah. You know, they're pulling an American move, you know? Real Madrid's bid for Mbappé was recently declined by PSG. The bid was for $212 million, which means he would have been allowed to walk away after the season. That That's meaning uh, walk away, you know. For free. For free. At the end of the season. Yeah. This is his last year. So it would have been like a just transfer, like easy transfer, no, no controversy, no, no back and forth. Was that a good move or a bad move in your in your opinion? In my opinion, this was a bad move. Why do I say it's a bad move? Yes, you get the attractive superstar in Kylian Mbappe playing next to Neymar. Messi was just added to the PSG roster. They added Donnarumma as their new goalkeeper. They added Hakimi as a right back. Are they allowed? Are are they like? It's just as long as you're under the financial fair play. Financial fair play for those who don't understand soccer terms, which would be the cap for the NFL. Okay. Just as long as you're under financial fair play, aka the cap, you're all good. So they're 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 able to afford this mega team right now. Yes, because you don't have to pay any extra fees. Let me tell you this: Messi was a free transfer. Sergio Ramos was a free transfer. Donnarumma free transfer. Um, uh, Giorgio Wijnaldum was a free transfer. Um, the only one they paid for was Hakimi because he was still on the contract with Inter Milan. But all these were free transfers. So with that being said, Kylian Mbappe is on his last year of his deal. And Real Madrid wants that $212 million bid was to re- get him immediately. Yeah, yeah. So if I pay you $212 million, he, he's coming he's with coming me. He's coming over. He's not going re- to do another season with y'all. Yes. So when I, with, that, with that being said, it kind of puts uh, PSG in some sort of a – of uh, like it makes them scratch their head a little bit because you just got all these players. You want to put the fans, uh, this team, so they can enjoy it at least for one year. Yeah. Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar, beautiful top three. Then you'd be like, holy shit, this is a super team. But you're 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 risking letting him walk next season for free. You're not getting any money. Mm-hmm. He gets to go to Real Madrid for free next season if he wants to. You, you're. They you're, can't hold them like they can't do like uh, what's that called that they do in the NFL where the, what they did to Dak. Oh, you're talking about um, um, tag him. Yeah, they can't tag Franchise him. Tag? Yeah, no, not in soccer. You cannot tag him. You you sign him for your, your years. They do have a release clause, right? Everybody has a release clause. If you sign a contract and after your first year, they're already talking about oh, you have a badass first year, and you're like, holy shit. Well, a lot of teams want you now. Well, my release clause is $250 million, and then you still got to pay me. That's money goes to the team. It doesn't go to me. It goes to the team. Now, the player, we get to negotiate. You push the team to the side. You already got their money, and they don't care. Now, you negotiate with the player, which is it's a lot of money. But since Mbappe's on his last year deal, you're thinking like, damn, do I really want to let him go for free? Like a talent like this guy, and these this team is offering us $212 million. Like at first they went from 180 million to uh, no from 170. Oh, I think it was 160, I believe, and then it went up to 180, and now it's 212 million, and it's just like, and you still don't take it. I guess they're just bar. They feel disrespected because they already had already said no. They bid more and they bid more, which is making PSG look like the bad guy and telling Mbappe, we don't want you to leave. We're not gonna let you go. You're gonna play for us one year. And that's that. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. In my opinion, it was a bad move because you would rather have him 
you you would rather bring in money for the team and let him walk and let him go rather than just have him for one season knowing that he's going to leave you in the for the in the next season and you're not going to get any money for him but i mean they stick to the guns and they um they declined the the offer and kelly mbappe remains a psg player for the 2021 season and we'll see if it plays out because if they get eliminated again they're gonna wish they they got some money for him because they will let him walk. It'll be it'll be interesting. It's gonna, it's gonna be real interesting in soccer. I might even start watching it now that um, your boy uh, Cristiano went uh, to back the, to Manchester United. My my team, even though I barely watch soccer, but <laughs> they have a nice uh, jersey. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, it's a bad move. Real Madrid, we're gonna have to wait another year for him. Um, so. Yeah, in my opinion, it was a bad move. But, I mean, hey, you may agree, you may not agree, but that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the Week of Week Wrong Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Take it easy, man. One love.